This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We are silent the rest of the way back. Exhausted and lost in our own thoughts. I'll pick up Bunny, Gloria says as she gets out of my car. Thanks. I'll see you later tonight. I drive off right away. Only 30 minutes to get home and get ready for work. The remainder of the day is busy, and I am grateful for that. The business erases my racing thoughts. There is a space between reality and fantasy, between light and dark, between rational and irrational. In this space, there are stories. This story is called Midnight Tales. Listen to the darkness. Tale 4. When a Black Bear Opens His Eyes. Chapter 1. The whole place is dark. I stand in front of a giant magnificent structure. Once the moonlight spreads across the dark, starless sky, I see the oak tree. I lift off the ground, and a moment later, I realize that I have wings. I flap them and get higher, higher. I get so high I start to soar above this giant oak, the oak tree that is as thick as it is high. I fly over its great crown and hear it calling out to me. Then, I remember, I had to ask it something. I spot Gloria crouching in the distance, crouching as if she is terrified of the tree. I remember how I led her here, how I showed her the path to this magnificent creature. The many oak eyes open at once and stare at me. Stare as I flap my great wings against the brightness of the moon. It is staring at something that is lurking behind me, but when I turn my head, I see nothing. Yet the oak tree is staring, showing it to me. Then, I remember. I have to ask the great oak tree to show John the way out of here. He is lost. He is so lost in all these possible worlds. There are so many possible places. I hear the oak whisper to me. It is so quiet I can barely hear it. He is not of any of your worlds anymore. How? How do I find him? I ask as I soar over its large crown. How do I show him the way out of here? You will never see him again. So you must put him to rest, the tree says slowly. I keep circling around the large, thick crown. 
I am so exhausted, but I must keep trying. He has been put to rest in my world, I tell the great oak. But we must find him here, find the wolf, and put him to rest in this world too. The oak tree groans. It spreads its branches as if stretching. Oh no, that won't do, it croaks. It won't help you to kill the wolf. You must put him to rest in your mind. I am sore all over. My great wings flap furiously, and it takes all my effort not to plunge down and settle on one of its giant branches. Yet I don't dare do that. I keep flying over. I must know. How do I put him to rest in my mind? The oak is silent. I see its many eyes start to close, as if exhausted by all my questions. Please, please, I beg. He must be forgiven for you to put him to rest, the oak says. You must make peace with him and move on. I hoot my thanks and plunge all the way down, exhausted and my wings sore. I land on the rock and fold the wings carefully. A minute later, I see Gloria trot towards me, her large, puffy tail high up in the air. She really is a magnificent-looking fox. She sniffs at me with her nose. Then, satisfied that this is indeed me, she settles next to where I am. Did you hear? I ask. She nods and scratches at her face with a paw. I don't think I can ever make my peace with John, she says in a hollow voice. I can never move past the horror of him, past what he had done to me. You must, I protest. I remember my bunny, terrified in the night by John, and I am uneasy. You have to try. Do it for me, please. Gloria looks at me, her eyes dark and pleading. I will, Anne, she says. I will do my best. I stare into her eyes as dark as the night itself and see pain there. I flap my rested wings and we both move on. Her on foot, me by air, towards the silver light of the moon. The great oak opens its eyes once again as we leave. Strange it should do so, I think, as I fly away from it. I wish I stayed. I wish I knew that at that moment the oak was staring at another shape in front of me, a shape that followed us all the way here. It is a clumsy, large shape. The creature, a large black bear. What do you want to see? The oak asked the bear. Show me what happened to John, the bear roars, then settles on the ground clumsily. The oak plucks a few beams, borrowing them from the silver moon, and throws them in the direction of the bear. Oh, him, yes, I have seen him. Look here, 
follow the light. And the great bear follows the light until he comes across a shallow grave. In the distance, there is a lake that rests peacefully, the water calm and smooth as ever. I wake up with panic in my heart. Something is wrong. I can feel it, but I do not know what it is. I sit up and listen to the silence. I get off the bed and quietly go to Bunny's room. She is sleeping peacefully in her bed. Her nightlight is on to keep away the dog man. I feel warm comfort at the sight of her undisturbed and turn about to leave. Then something catches my eye. There is a shadow in the corner of her room. It is dark in the room, except for what the faint nightlight manages to cover. The shape in the corner moves, shifts along the wall until I can see a wolf emerge from the darkness. In the light of the nightlight, he is casting a shadow, except it is not a shadow of a wolf, but of a man. John. John's shadow approaches me, leaving the wolf behind and walks along the wall towards me. Then the wolf plunges into the darkness and disappears, leaving John's shadow on the wall all by itself. I stare at him, my breath stuck in my throat, shivering. Then Bunny stirs and I look at her for a second, make sure she still looks okay. When I look back at the wall, John is gone. I get into Bunny's narrow bed and cuddle up next to her. I study the shapes of the shadows that the nightlight makes until I fall asleep again. Thank you for supporting Crawl Space Media Podcasts. I'm here to tell you about LA Not So Confidential, the forensic psychology and true crime podcast brought to you by me, Dr. Shiloh. And this guy. Hey, I'm her bestie and co-host, Dr. Scott. She was a cop and I was a Hollywood casting director. Now we're both forensic psychologists working in Los Angeles. Twice a month, we bring you a classic or contemporary true crime story. We apply the real psychological concepts behind the story and dish on the media's representations of those cases. Subscribe now to LA. Not so. Confidential, wherever you get your Crawl Space Media podcasts. True crime, psychology, and snark. Trust us, we're doctors. We find that in these times, everyone needs some time to chill out and relax. That's why we're excited to announce this week's sponsor, Boston Green Health. Boston Green Health is a local provider of CBD products that specializes in oils, topicals, gummies, and edibles. Boston Green Health's plant-based products can provide natural relief and rest for the mind, body, and soul. As one of New England's premier hemp-based companies, they offer a variety of all-natural CBD products that use a blend of locally sourced hemp extract. Visit bostongreenhealth.com for premium CBD oil, a delicious variety of CBD-infused gummies, luxurious handcrafted topicals, and a product line for pets. Podcast listeners can receive 40% off any purchase by using show code STORIES. 
Boston Green Health takes pride in being New England's most trusted CBD brand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The morning is bright and sunny. I wake up to Bunny's soft babble as she is talking to her doll. I rest my head on my hand and smile at her. Did you sleep okay, baby? She nods. Did the dog man come back? She looks at me, but there is no fear on her face. No, mommy. I hid from the dog man. Really? How? I try to keep my voice calm, but I am still worried. I was a little bunny and I hopped. A real bunny, mommy! She is excited about that, and I smile at the little pleasures she enjoys so much. I was in the dark, and I could see the dog man, but he didn't see me. He wasn't that scary, she adds as she brushes her doll's hair. Then a branch lifted up, and a tree told me to hide. A tree? I sit up a little. Bunny nods. Yes, a big tree hid me in its branches, so the dogman had to leave. And I got to hop and hop. It was great, Mommy. Listen, Bunny. Do you remember the tree? She looks at me again. It was a tree, like a big Big one, with big branches and all those eyes, like this. She blinks at me, trying to imitate the slow way in which the oak tree opens and closes its eyes. Mommy, I'm hungry. I get on my feet. I don't have a shift today. All right, baby. Mommy will make you some breakfast. You want pancakes? She nods and runs to the bathroom. I dress and go to the kitchen to make her food. Later, once I get Bunny on the bus, I fish out a pack of cigarettes out of my car's glove compartment. I light one and smoke, sitting on the steps that lead to my door. My heart jumps when I hear the phone ring. I put out the cigarette, rubbing its burning end against the crumbling concrete of my steps and run to the kitchen. Hello? Anne? It is Gloria. My heart sinks when I hear her voice. She sounds so... What is it? Anne, you gotta come fast. She is almost crying, and I can now place the sound of her voice. It's full of despair. What is it? Luke is on his way over. He called me and told me he knows what happened to John. Told me he had to speak to me. She sighs. I called in sick for work. Anne, Anne, I can't. She starts to sob, and I can hear her choking on her own tears. Anne, I cannot do this alone. I won't tell him. 
I'll say it was all me, but I gotta have you. She sobs as she talks. It is hard to understand what she is saying. Gloria! Gloria! I scream into my phone. Get a grip! You cannot fall apart in front of Luke! Anne! Why did I do this, Anne? I am a fool! What a fool I am! Gloria repeats this over and over again. Listen! I tell her. Listen to me! Go wash your face, put your makeup on, and act as if you know nothing. I'm coming. Okay. I hear a faint voice on the other end, but that is all I need. I hang up and run outside, jump into my car, light up a cigarette, and drive as fast as I can to Gloria's. When I pull up to the familiar driveway, Luke's car is already there. I read Sheriff on the side of it as I pass by. My heart is beating so slow I have to feel for my pulse outside of Gloria's door, just to make sure I am still here, to make sure I am still present. I walk in without knocking. Luke stands while leaning his arm on the fireplace mantle. His hat rests against his large stomach. Gloria is sitting on the couch, her body shriveled up and small, as if she suddenly shrunk. Anne, I am sorry. You will have to come back later. Gloria and I are having a private conversation. Luke walks towards me. His face is as serious as I had ever seen it. His large body is moving slowly and clumsily toward me, shielding Gloria from view. Anne can stay. I hear Gloria's voice from behind Luke. Luke shakes his head. Anne has to go. This is a difficult conversation. Gloria gets off the couch and steadies herself by leaning on an armchair. Anne knows what happened. She is calm. Luke looks at her, as if measuring her up. So, you'll tell me then? Gloria looks at me, those pleading eyes. I know she will never mention my name, know she will stubbornly tell everyone it was only her who did it. And yet I cannot let her be all alone like this. Tell him what John had done! I hear myself shout. Tell him, Gloria! Gloria sits down and stares ahead. A vacant look on her face. Do you know what happened? Luke asks me. I stare at him. Not sure what to say. I don't know what he knows. I shouldn't even be here. Luke says as he puts his hand through his hair and stares at the floor. I've known you both since you were little. I thought I'd give Gloria a chance to tell me. Tell me before it all goes down. He looks at me now. I can tell that he knows everything. Or most of it, at least. His eyes tell me. On the next episode of Midnight Tales, then Luke stands up and walks back and forth slowly. The way this worked out, it looks bad. This is a murder. Anyone will see that clearly. Oh, God. Gloria starts to sob again. Luke, please, can't you do anything? 
Thank you for listening to Midnight Tales, a Crawl Space Media production of a Pi Rational story from the in between. Voice acted by me, Natalie Nottis. Music and post production by David Williams. Written by Pi Rational writer. Stories from the in between is part of the Crawl Space Media Network family. This is a Blast Box Media Podcast.